welcome back to the takes it took for Stefan and Mariah and and <laughs> Miles. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Pictures, pictures that move. We love There's them. There's ants. They got sound now. They got sound. They, dude, it's crazy. New hit. Bro, like a couple of years ago, they added sound, and I was like, this isn't gonna catch on. Yeah, but no then, way. Movies. But then I saw, I saw this movie. I saw this movie called Film History Time. Mariah, what movies have you seen? <laughs> um, Did you fail our film history class? Did I fail? No, I did pretty good. I was gonna say, I was actually gonna say, I did um, shit. I did so um, fucking bad in that um, class. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Don't tell Wait, me. Wait, were you in it with us? Yeah. Oh right. Okay. Um. Hi, Betsy McLean. Oh, hey, shoot. Hey. I know. I, sh- I know it, but I can't remember the name of it. What? First that fucking movie. Oh, the first. The jazz singer. The jazz singer. I knew it was singer. Maybe. I knew it was singer. I actually knew twenty-seven. I knew the I whole point of it was like, hey, listen to music. Like that's kind of like how they got people in was like we got the good music yeah. that's going on right now. And also, it's a movie. Yeah, yeah. it's it a is. movie. Movie and sounds. Now we just need 4D movie theaters to pick up more than they have. Yeah, I want to get spat on. <laughs> I want. I want Zoe Kravitz I, to I wanna, spit on me. <laughs> I want to smell like I'm in Mad Max. Yeah. Yeah, I want to be dehydrated. Yeah. I want to be parched. I, <laughs> I, wanna... I want th- I want the theater to be ninety five degrees. <laughs> oh yeah. I want, and I want them I, to blow watching, sand in my when face. When I'm watching <laughs> Dune, I want it to be two hundred degrees and everyone is roasted alive. <laughs> if I don't get sand in my eyes, if, if I'm not crunching on sand, <laughs> yeah. you have to go with goggles and a camelback. I ain't walking out. Yeah. I ain't walking out with sandy cheeks. Then there's no point. <laughs> Seen any so, good movies recently? What have you watched? And I asked you. I asked you. All first. right. Um, so you need to answer. Well, Stefan, you were with me, so you know. But we recently watched uh, Murder on the Nile. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was featuring Gal Gadot. Yeah, a featuring a rather controversial <laughs> yeah. and problematic cast. When you really think about it, you had Army Hammer, Mr. Cannibal. Okay. Um, Cannibal you man. had Letitia Wright from Black Panther, who apparently is anti-vax. Gal Gadot, of course. Russell Brand. And then, yeah, Gal, Gal Gadot or Godot. Godot. Sure. Yeah. Um, Sorry, Gal. Uh-oh. Sorry, Gal. Um, but yeah, it was, you, you know, I really love Murder on Orient Express, uh-huh. the original one, which I will be covering at some point on this podcast. Yeah, but and they put it on a boat. Yeah, and then they yeah. put it on a boat. Um, yeah. And it was good. I liked it more than I thought I would. And okay. It, mm-hmm. You know, it was kind of predictable, but definitely had some twists and turns that I wasn't expecting. And, I purposely went in not watching like the '78 version of it, so I could be surprised in the mm-hmm. theater, and I think that was a really good move. Right. So I think I mean I really like Kenneth Branagh, and I think he's a good Poirot. So nice, yeah. nice plug. What about you, Miles? Yeah, I watched the three-hour oh. spectacular that is the Batman. Um, Dang. It's. Did you pee? I did not. The whole time uh, I didn't have to pee was awesome. Nice. Because usually I do. Like. Yeah. I'll at least I get the feeling, that, and then it'll be like, ah, I got like 20 minutes left in this movie, I probably hold it. Yeah. But this one was like, ah, I got like an hour left. But I didn't have to. It was, okay, it's goofy. 
Uh, it's a goofy yeah. movie. I've heard, it? I've heard it's, it's like it's like some parts it's like really good. Like there's a part where um, Batman is chasing the penguin and this is a big car chase, there's an explosion, the penguin's car flips, and he's like it's Batman behind or I guess in front of these flames, and he's like slowly walking up to the car. Yeah. And it looks really good. And then it cuts back to the penguin. He's scared. And then it cuts and like Batman is like slowly like leaning sideways to look at him. And you're just like, this is a little goofy. Uh-huh. That like Batman's just kind of like creeping in the corner of this <laughs> shot. And then the, oh my god, there's a part where he FaceTimes uh, the Riddler, <laughs> and what? the the Riddler <laughs> is like, you came. Oh. And you're like, why did you have to say that? And he's like holding the phone really low so it looks like that one guy who's like, I showed you my wiener. Yeah, like, 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 <laughs> and you're like, Riddler, what are you doing, man? But it was good. I, I would recommend it. Okay. I do want to see it. It's I, just I'm curious to see. a bit of, yeah, three hours. Three hours is, yeah. it, didn't, it didn't feel like three hours. It felt that's pretty quick. That's good. good. I think um, movies that are longer... For me, a good judge of whether or not they're good is if I felt like that time went by quickly or yeah. not. Whereas, I don't want to talk about West Side Story, but I'm going to talk about West Side Story. Whereas, West Side Story, I found myself checking every like 20 minutes, and I'm like, wow, there's 40 minutes left? I can't believe uh, this. And that was only two hours. It was like, no, it was like two and a half. Two and a half? Yeah. Okay. And if you really think about it, the longer the movie is, the cheaper the ticket. Because you're getting guess, you're getting more movie for the same come. prices. I guess that's true to some extent. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't think about it, it's true. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> who? Who? Who's the short man who played the penguin before? I forget his name. Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito? I I'm really bad. I almost want to scratch that. The from trash the man. That was so, <laughs> so offensive. Uh, I forgot. But you know, like on uh, like Danny DeVito's penguin was probably the best. Yeah, he was fantastic. He rushed that. He, I mean, he was Danny DeVito. Yes. Yeah. As the pen- even though I forgot his name, like it's Danny DeVito, and mm-hmm. he ate a fish. I knew it. I was like, you know, I when we were watching that, and we watched it not too long ago, and he's like eating the fish. I'm like, that's gotta be real fish. He just, I know, just ate d- that I know fish. Danny DeVito. I watched that man crawl naked out of a couch <laughs> on Always Sunny, and I, Mariah, think we're gonna cut this out, but I was slamming on the table. It doesn't sound good on the mic when I go. Anyway, <laughs> eat fish. Yeah. I will say, weird note about Danny DeVito is the penguin. I'm like, should I talk about spoilers? It's been out for a really long time. Sorry, Just guys. spoiler alert. If you, alert. Don't, if you haven't alert, seen... Skip forward like 15 seconds, whatever. Yeah. Um, when he dies and he falls just face first and just slides into the water. Yeah. Beautiful. Also, those little cheeks in oh, the prosthetics yeah. cheeks, oh, yeah. are so it's funny. His like, body shape and his like, little tiny ass, it just like cracks me up every time I see <laughs> it. Stefan. So, yeah, well, Stefan, what movie are we talking about? No, no, today? no, no, no. Hold on. What movie have you seen recently? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Story? I don't want to talk about it. I was like, I don't want to talk about West Side Story. I saw a movie. Did I talk about Fresh last time? I don't think uh, so. I don't think Did I talk so. about Fresh? I think you're good. To I'm not going to go too deep into this, but I saw Fresh, which is a movie Sebastian Stan. It's been promoted a lot lately, um, where he, he's like a cannibal. He eats people. Um, I think it was trash. I think it was an awful movie. I don't even, I don't even, like, it's so, it's so much swelling in my head right now. I, I don't even know what to say about it. It, it girl boss too close to the sun. <laughs> um, anyways. 
Please Hernia. silence your phone, I did. Literally, we had a you podcast. I did. I did. Someone did it. Someone undid it. And I <laughs> we, one, of, one of you guys undid it, and I know it. We have a whole podcast about movies, and you didn't silence your phone. Like, that's... <laughs> I'm burning up. Robocop. Yes. Robocop came out in the year... 87. 1987. 1887. Would you guys like to give me a synopsis of the film? Murphy dead. Become Robocop. Okay. Fight crime. Yeah. Okay. My turn? Yeah. Oh. Wait, you covered a lot of it, though. You did, did cover a lot of it. Okay. Little up, word, do a lot. Well, okay, so yeah. you got up until he start fight crime. He said crime. fight crime. Fight yeah. crime. So there's still a lot of it. Okay. Um, PTSD. He, I guess. He remember. He remember. And now he mad. And now he remember. He forgot, but he remember. <laughs> now he mad. And then he come, and he shoot, shoot, shoot. Guns, guns, guns. Uh-huh. Should we do the rest of the podcast Problem in this style? Problem solved. <laughs> Violence is the answer. Violence Good. Close the curtain. Nukem. Nukem. Nukem the board. And there's a war going on. There's like a war going on in the background. Yeah, which at first I thought I was watching the wrong movie. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to lie. When it opened with a news broadcast, I was like, wait, am I watching Robocop or am I watching some other movie? I really liked the... We we were talking about that as we were watching. We were talking about this later, but I... I think it's come out naturally. We can talk about it now. But yeah, the I thought the the news that they interspersed was really nice. Once I figured out what was going on, I was like, oh, this is it was cool. like good world building. Nice. And then yeah, it'd be like the weird Nukem game. Yeah, in the car commercial and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it, this it, was it, a lot of world building. It was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was neat. Where did Robocop come from? Where did Robocop come from? Guys, this is not going to be fucking Robo- ASMR. <laughs> Robo- Robocop came from a mommy robot and a daddy robot. Robocop was the brainchild of Edward Neumeier. I'm not going to spell his last name. I was going to spell his last name. He was a UCLA graduate. And where Robocop came from is he worked as an executive. I didn't really get the details of what that meant, but he worked as an executive at uh, Universal Studios. And he had a lot of work going on, and he would go on walks after work at night. And he stumbled across the set of a little-known movie called Blade Runner. And he would just go on to set and work. He has a quote in here. What does he say? Um, just like work on set. <laughs> he would just work. He, he said, there's so many people doing, uh, there's so many people, they didn't know if you were working on it or not. So he would just walk on, and they would just think he was there, and so he would just, he like, just like, carry stuff out? and do things. Yeah, it's actually. So and he's like, and he was like, I was here. This like it was one of the like city sets. Yeah, it's okay. like it looks like crazy. You know, it's like sci-fi. And he was like, I love. I was gonna say like a little bit of sci-fi for like um, mm-hmm. Blade Runner, but like the sets for Blade yeah. Runner are insane. So I can yeah. see somebody like, like lo- seeing the set and being like, No, hold on. Yeah. I can work here. So just slide in. Yeah. It was great. And just carry a couple of like cables. You're set. Yeah. I think I'm about time to sip from my drink. I don't have a drink. Just drink your tea. But um, yeah, he was on set of Blade Runner doing some miscellaneous work as he did. And the concept of Blade Runner, which is essentially a man chasing down robots, he thought, what about a robot chasing down men? This was a robot cop instead of a man cop. And did you just say robot cop? A robot cop? Hmm, that's getting close. And then from Something there, like... he thought, hmm. What if that robot is actually a man? Yeah, what if we dropped the T? <laughs> and smushed it to a Robocop. And so, thus birthed from his brain, came Robocop. 
And from there, he, he very specifically says there was one night where he was going to bed and he was about to fall asleep and he's like, Robocop. That's what we call it, Robocop. He had this, this moment of clarity. And his concept from the very beginning was he actually, he wanted a robot cop. So he wanted, he wanted a man turned robot looking back in on humanity. He wanted someone from the outside. I'll touch more on this later. Uh, producers, executives hated that type. Thought it was stupid. Thought it was <laughs> really dumbest, dumbest <laughs> thing. They're like, they're like, this sounds like a kids movie. This is awful. We need to change this. Like, What'd you do with the T? You lost. You lost the T. You robot lost the T. They were pushing I, for a robot cop. Before. Yeah, they were yeah. really pushing for a robot cop. And then from from this concept of the, the robo man chasing down bad guys, he wanted to. Um, he was very invested, Newmeyer, in the uh, the climate of business and finance in America at the time. Capitalism. Like capitalism. Yeah, it, it was, was very, very like very strong in like Wall Street, and so he yeah. very much wanted um, those themes in the movie, and you do see that quite. A yeah, bit. it's 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 very I mean, apparent. from the beginning. Yeah, you know, I mean, especially you know, like at the beginning when they're like, oh shit, what's the. Ed two o nine. Ed two o nine. When they're showing him off, and he like obviously kills. Yeah. That yeah. That guy, like, and they're like, oh, he was like disposable. Like it's fine, just moving yeah. on. Like yeah. that's like that sets it up immediately. Like yeah. Like, that's yeah. When so, the, like the dude is like absolutely murdered <laughs> in an office. They're like, oh, he couldn't handle life in the big city. Yeah, <laughs> the concrete jungle. And what's wild is it one of the guys is just like smiling the next scene. Yeah. Like yeah. you just like watch somebody get brutally murdered, and you're like, I guess he couldn't handle it. And you're like, what yeah. The? Uh-huh. And that very specific moment too is a very good example of how much humor they wanted to put into this. Yeah, um, yeah it was because in in that one, this guy's shot like well over sixty times <laughs> and he's blown up. The first line that comes after that is someone saying, "Can we get a paramedic?" I was watching a thing with the director and he's like, "Why are you getting a paramedic for? He's gone. Yeah, There's he's... nothing <laughs> left of him. What do you mean, can we get a paramedic?" But that leads us into yeah, when writing the script, they want a lot of humor, and. Edward Newmeyer met he met a man named Michael Miner who was a co-writer for Robocop. Michael Miner. Michael Miner. Oh, like Miner. Rocks. Not the Grinch. No, not the Grinch, but more like. I know like, he's like. I know it's Michael Miner. Grinching up green emeralds. <laughs> Wait, I thought Grinch. Wasn't well, Grinch? Um, Grinch is Mike Grinch Meyer. is Jim Carrey. You're yeah, Jim Canada Carrey. Hat, oh shit. Which is still. Editor, serious, take that out. Serious, yeah, <laughs> I will not. And he was talking with Michael Miner. And Michael Miner was like, I just directed a music video with a robot. And Edward Newmar was like, oh, I'm running a script by a robot. And they're like, oh, you want to like work together? I said, okay. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's how it works. Nice. That's, how, that's how it all fit together. So Edward Newmar wanted the humor in it. And Michael Miner kind of wanted to play it more serious and flat. So Newmar had to like pull him into the like embracing the humor. And apparently it took a little bit of time. But eventually he, uh, he got around to it. And the second draft of the script is more or less the final. Oh, okay. Um, oh, they, they got that pretty quick. I know. Yeah. It's like, that's... There, there is, that's kind of, there was another draft. I'll get into that. But before that, I'll talk about um, one of inspirations for one of the characters. I mentioned this when we watched it. Um, there's a character called the Old Man, executive guy that oh, yeah. all okay. the other people are like kissing up to. Uh-huh. He doesn't actually have his name. He is simply known as the Old Man. The right. Old Man is based on a man named Lou Wasserman. Who is the head of MCA, which is Music Corporation of America? He did a lot of like film and music video stuff, and he was a very, very important figure. And he was based on uh, Edward Newmeyer was in an elevator with Lou Wasserman and another guy named John Landis, which probably sounds familiar. He's done a lot. I'll get yes, into that. Yes. Okay. Um, he directed like, Blues that Brothers, Animal House, and Yo. he also did Michael Jackson's Thriller. Okay. And so he's in this elevator with him, and John Landis is trying to like kiss up to Lou Wasserman. 
and he, um, I have some clips in here where he's, he's talking to him and he's like, oh, I just did Thriller. I made so much money on this on this music video thing. Like, this is really where it's at. Like, you got to do this. And then Lou Rothman looked at him and he just goes, funny. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all he said. It was funny? Yeah, it was funny. And so um, he based the old man kind of on this, like, business, like, godlike character where everyone's just, like, trying to, like, get him. And he's mm-hmm. like, yeah. Also, Michael Miner wanted to direct the movie. He was the co-writer. He wanted to direct it. And then once they picked up a producer, which guess who the producer was? It was John Landis from The Elevator. Elevator Man. Oh. Um, once they picked up a producer, um, he was like, I want to direct this movie. And John Landis was like, no. You can direct <laughs> the second unit. And he's like, okay. And the minor left. Anyways, this gets us into our director. Who directed they, this bad boy of a movie? This is directed by a man named Paul Verhoeven. He's a Dutch man. They also shopped this around to every decent, I'm putting air quotes on this, every decent Hollywood director they could that existed at the time, and everyone passed on it. <laughs> Paul Verhoeven himself passed on it twice. Paul Verhoeven once told Neumeyer, the writer, <clears throat> well, I looked at the cover, and I read Robocop, the future of law enforcement, and I threw it on a pile on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> and people hate that name. Right? Like, the, apparently people saw the name and like, no. no. And then he picked it up and like read a portion of it, and then threw it away and then his wife Paul Verhoeven's wife picked it up and then read it and was like I think there's a lot of subtleties here you're not seeing about you know its statements on um sort of the corporate corporatization that's not the word I can't say that word capitalism I, don't know, capitalism? I guess capitalism that's like hyper capitalism hyper capitalism and um that goes into later I was watching this documentary by the way most of my sources are from an interview with Neumeier and Paul Verhoeven and a behind the scenes documentary can you find those just like online? Yeah, they're all online. Uh, the documentaries on YouTube, and the other ones are just posted there too. So. You know, all we have is I'm gonna get a water. I need to have my drinks and food like at the extreme like temperatures where it's like if it's like a soda, I put it in the freezer for a little bit so I can get like extra cold. And if it's like hot food that I'm heating up, I need like it needs to be scalding. Yeah, like I I've need those extremes. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's, I I'm not burning my tongue. I'll put it back in for another right. second. Like, I need the ice. I need it to be cold. I, uh, this morning, I was really hungry, so I got up and I had a protein drink and it was in the fridge and I drank it really quick and it was very cold for some reason and no joke for a moment, I thought I was dying. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was so cold. Like, it did something. Like, I was like, oh, this is it. This is the end. <laughs> I was like, wow. Like, I was ready to, like, throw up. I was like, something's wrong. But it was just too cold, I guess. I don't know. Me with the do. I'll, I'll prompt you. So yeah, he passed twice on the script. So this, <laughs> I hate that. Don't, this, don't make me feel like a dog. On, I, got, I got it. Whoa. Holy cow. This guy passed up twice? He passed the script twice and then his wife saw it and was like, hey, you, you bozo. Take the script. And he said, okay. And then they met with the writer. And they it is kind of funny how like, nice you know, that's job. not like unique to RoboCop necessarily, but like how many directors are Dude, like, yeah. no thanks. Like, uh, okay, talking about like Jaws and how... Um, Dreyfus like passed on it and was like I would love to watch this but like I'm not gonna make that no yeah. way and then he passed on it and then his movie did poorly and he's like wait a second yes actually I will do it it's wild it's so weird how like it seems like most movies are just like this game of like okay who's gonna take this film that everyone thinks is absolute trash and then whoever takes it is like well I made millions of dollars see yep. you fuckers yeah. later and then Verhoeven actually wanted it to be much more serious and dry um, and so he told the two boys, Mr. Newmeyer and Mr. Miner, he said, go rewrite this. Right now. 
And so they went and they rewrote the script. They cut out everything that they loved about it. Um, and they were like, wow, this is, we're getting rid of the humor. We're getting of all the like fun, all the violence and everything. We're cutting it out. They worked on it so hard. They were sleeping in their office and you know, waking up writing, going to bed, waking up and writing. And then when they were on about page 92, uh, Paul Verhoeven came by and he looked at it and he's like, you know what, let's go to the old one. Oh. <laughs> and they went to the old one. And then no. it was also this process, minor. That hurts. Michael yeah. Minor. Um, he kind of fell out of love with the project and oh. kind of didn't do it. And so when they were like, you can't direct it, he was like, okay. I'm yeah, out. no, I understand that. Yeah, so. Especially when they, story. when they make you rewrite it and go, you know yeah. what, actually, all this work that you just put in, now. And that, that was the real kicker. Newmeyer loved it though of course it was his child um and they let newmeyer like on set and he was involved a lot with it which that's is really cool. cool i really like when they do those um, screenwriters and so like the director would have the screenwriters with him and they would talk with the actors and stuff and they yeah. like figured out and he was there to like really sort of push his vision and stuff yeah that's cool really neat and i uh, i appreciate that and also the dis- distributors or the uh, the production company that took terminator did robocop oh it's okay. called orion yeah. and orion oh, okay. orion was like uh, titles gotta go. Oh but. my god, <laughs> um, dude! <laughs> but. I will say, like on a much smaller level, I did a short documentary, and everybody told me they to change the title, and they didn't like the title. It was the title. Um, so it was a, it was called "Living in a Communist Paradise." No, change it. And Actually, though, can you change it? <laughs> no, change, change. And oh, that's a good like, title. And though. they were like, you should call it "Escaping a Communist Paradise." Yeah, I was and like, I wanted to call it "Living in a Communist Paradise" because that was like a direct quote from the person I was interviewing. Oh, okay. And I was like, so, I, but so like she was living in a communist paradise, and they're like, yeah, but she escaped. And I'm like, fuck you guys. Yeah. And then like literally up until like two weeks before it was done, and I like published it, I was like. And I changed it to Escaping a Communist Paradise, and people were like, that's so much better. And I'm like, fuck you guys. <laughs> I still like mine better, but I did change it. I mean, because like, imagine if they're like, you know what, can you change RoboCop because this title fucking sucks? <laughs> and he's like, fine, I'll change it. And it's like, Future Man. 3,000. 3,000. <laughs> Wait, do you have like alternative titles? No, I didn't, I didn't see the alternative titles. I think some of it was just like, Think it may I think one of them honestly was Robot Cop, where they okay. very quite literally just wanted the T on there. I'm um, telling you the T's important. But but they ended up they ended up sticking with Robocop. Nobody bit. knows what a robo is. Paul Verhoeven found inspiration for this movie, uh, in Metropolis, as we just found out from my my dear compatriot, Mariah, <laughs> that it came out in nineteen twenty seven. Um, I just needed to like know that. Um, Verhoeven, Verhoeven was Dutch, and he did not understand some aspects of the script. For instance, apparently there's a bit where like some of the gang members, uh, one gang member like a, refers to the other one as brother, kind of like vernacular, not mm-hmm. like brother, and he didn't get that. And he was like, why are they referring to themselves as brother if they're not like related? And so, <laughs> <laughs> so they had to like explain some of this stuff to him. Um, but in the end, they thought it was good having um, someone who's not American doing a satire on American culture. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I can definitely see that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also, it, he stated his sort of approach to it was he, he wasn't trying to, he says, I'm not condemning and I'm not admiring. I'm simply just sort of exaggerating what I see. Yeah. So he wasn't, he really made it clear that he's like, I'm not bashing on America and I'm not like, you know, uh, glorifying these things, I'm just, I'm just yeah. sort of presenting this. Well, 
heightened. Even if he was, I don't think it's a terribly, like, horrible bash of capitalism. Yeah. It was funny because Japan made a video game called Metal Wolf that was just, like, complete satire of, like, American ideals. But they didn't release it in America because they were like, oh, they're going to hate us. (laughs) They're going to fucking hate us for making this. And then the Americans were like, yo, this shit's rad as hell. Is that the one where they have, like, the, the mechs and stuff? Yeah, like, yeah. the president, like, <laughs> the president. Yeah. We're done. We're done with talking about the director. And we're going to talk about a little bit about casting. Mm-hmm. Peter Weller was chosen over another man, Rutger Hauer, who is in Blade Runner. Wait, who's he in? He's, um... Is he the, the main bad guy? He's the main bad guy with the, like, white oh. hair. Yeah. Um, but they ultimately sort of chose Peter Weller, one... His build fit the suit better, and okay. two, they thought he had a good lower mouth. They I can see that he does have a better lower good, mouth. Good, good lips. You know, I I know good lips when Dude, I see. Dude, I was when I was watching the movie. There's a bit where he's like side profiled, and I was like, he got good lips. He got good lips. <laughs> he's got a good lower mouth. <laughs> Give him a little smooth right smooth there. Robocop. Yeah. Um, and Weller was actually put on the map and considered because of a movie he did called Buckaroo Banzai: The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai. The fight across the eighth dimension. Yeah, I do. I don't have that. Yeah, something yeah. across the eighth which is dimension. a wild movie. You should definitely see it. Okay. It's a goofy yeah, wild movie. It's um, goofy as hell. <laughs> and they also chose Peter Weller because they needed someone who's very comfortable with doing like physical, almost comedic acting, mm-hmm. and a lot of miming, because he doesn't necessarily talk a lot, and it's very much like yeah, you physical, act yeah. like a robot. And so seeing this, and he's like, okay, this is like a kind of goofy movie, and like he handled this well, like. Yeah. He was a good fit for the part, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. He, he rocked it. He definitely walked like a robot. He yeah. did, he did, and I'll go more into that. Kurtwood Smith is the guy who played Boddicker, the bad guy with the, the glasses. The dad from, um, from the that dad 70s show. From Red, that 70s Red show. from that 70s show. Yes. He, um, he originally auditioned for the role of Robocop. Oh, really? But he got the bad guy, and this is because um, they thought he, with the glasses, looked like Heinrich Himmler. Which oh, <laughs> I thought he looked like a really good bad guy, Heinrich okay. Himmler, who um, masterminded the Holocaust. Yes. Yeah, uh, which is kind of a sad thing I... to be casted for. <laughs> You'd be yeah. like, you know what? You kind of look like a oh, Nazi. You look like a, a war criminal with like glasses on. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. You wanted to be the good guy. Ooh. Oh, but you look so much like a Nazi. You're gonna, you're gonna kill people. <laughs> It was good for that role for sure though. He did, yeah, a, good he did a good job. Yes. He did really yeah. good. I, like, I like his voice too. I think his voice is yeah. really good. He's gonna yeah. put his foot up your ass. He's gonna put his foot up your ass. <laughs> yeah. That seventy show. You you never watched that seventy show, right? Nope. Oh, that's a very big bit of red. Yeah. Um the original actress for Anne, she pulled out last second, so they need another actress, and then that's when they got the the woman who's in it now. Nancy Allen. <laughs> Nancy And they got Allen. the woman Nancy Allen to um Replace the other actress, and Nancy Allen was in a not super big, but she was known for playing like I don't want to use this word because it's rude, but like bitchy roles. She okay. was in Carrie, and she played oh kind of just yeah, like, um, yeah, like the yeah, like but, popular kid. Uh, but um, Paul Verhoeven wanted to sort of twist roles a little bit with some of the actors, and so he's like, oh, let's take this woman who's done like high school like kid stuff and put yeah. him in a cop role. And she I was really, really like when directors do that. And she was really well known for um, her long strawberry curls. And the first thing he did when she was brought on was have her cut them off. <laughs> and that was part of his process of like trying to make her something else. And they did the same thing for 
the like main the main business bad guy, Dick Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> he also was just a character, uh, an actor who played like only ever like really nice, friendly, <laughs> like fatherly roles, like guitar strumming, like working man. Mm-hmm. And then they took him. They're like, okay, now you're gonna play like one of the coolest men alive. Yeah, and you're well, just I mean, gonna be awful. They did the same thing for the main actor. They like cut off all his limbs because he was known for his limbs, and they cut them all off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now. The juicy. We're gonna get into the juicy special effects, baby. Ooh. Gonna start. First of all, let's define here. Special effects. We're gonna talk about is in camera work. So that's like prosthetics. That's gonna be explosion, right? Like and visual effects. visual effects is like digital. special effects. Special right. Special effects is everything that's shot on camera. Yeah. Like in real time. So prosthetics, puppetry, explosions, makeup, all of that. I'm gonna be talking about the suit. The suit. Yeah. Like. I'm sorry. I just gotta say, the looking like when he takes the helmet off. Yes. I was so impressed by yes. that. It looks like it goes in. Yep. Yes. It's insane. It is very good. Really good. And. And it like and it like held up because you know sometimes it's just like just from this angle it'll look really good mm-hmm. or something like that. But like obviously, it would, every, like the rest of the movie, it looks. It looks so great. good. So the suit and a lot of the makeup effects and stuff was led by my man, my number one. Favorite special effects guy, Rob Bottin. Rob Bottin, Rob Bottin, boy, phenomenal guy. He worked on The Thing. Yes, he's oh, yeah. done some other. He even did some stuff with David Fincher. He worked on like Fight Club. Um, he does phenomenal special oh, effects, God, and so he good. worked and he worked on this movie. And little known fact, I didn't know this. He was born in El Monte, California, where I live. Yo, I didn't know that. I was gonna say, why are you bringing up El Monte, California? You know who yeah. was born near where I live? Richard Nixon. <laughs> No, a much less cool guy. Yeah, just a little bit though. I drive. Okay, you can cut this out, whatever. But as I drive to school, I always pass by a sign for the Richard Nixon Presidential Library and Museum. Oh, I'm sure they love to keep tapes there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like how when it's mine to edit, you like to add so much information <laughs> for me to cut out. <laughs> a joke. But um, Botine designed the Robocop suit. Um, apparently also Botin, he doesn't do a lot of 2D conceptualization, he like sculpts everything. Oh. So rather than oh, doing shit. drawings and then con- conceptualizing it that way, he just like sculpts things. And so he Damn. made a sculpture of what essentially is the final product of the Robocop suit, and then people came by and they're like, we don't like this, we don't want this. This is like too, <laughs> they didn't, they didn't like it. And so they spent like weeks redesigning it, trying to find a different thing and working around what he did. And then at the end of it all, they came back and they're like, oh, we, we do like what you've made. This is the best way we want to go. And he was very upset about that. He it's didn't almost like, like he and knew they, what and he they, was doing. And yeah. they lost like three weeks of work in the documentary I was watching. Um, the director himself was like, in retrospect, like I really should have listened to him more. Like, um, I was just like too hot-headed and I went around him and I did these things. And, um, it was the director that said that? Yeah, the oh, director. Okay. And he was like, yeah, no, he knew what he was doing from the start. You should it's like, what's well, like, the, the, I feel like so far what we've gotten is a lot of times in this movie it's let's do another option and then go with the first one. Yes, yep. the suit was yeah. good. Um, it was designed, it was also, they took a lot of design inspiration from like cars of the time. Okay. And again with this sort of, with this idea of the capitalism where it's like everything's got to be like big and like shiny and like mm-hmm. mean. And so yeah. he, he sort of kind of looks like a big like SUV or even kind of like the the fake car they have in the movie it's like the sucks was sux like yeah, three thousand yeah um and so that's sort of where some of the inspiration for the design itself came from the suit itself they wore a black undersuit kind of like a onesie thing 
and then they had this harness that went over like a metal like skeleton thing and then from that mountain metal skeleton they hung all the pieces really on. yeah and at the end of the day it weighed about 60 pounds um, very that's not great very great there was about seven suits seven different suits some of them had specific purposes. There was one that was made to be fireproof for the gas station blowing up scene. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. um, so sense. it had like special like fiberglass and fireproof material and things for that. Just full of asbestos. Um, his suits were like one of the most expensive things on set. Peter Weller lost about, how much was it? Uh, three pounds a day of water weight just because wearing this thing and it's hot and it's sweaty and it's awful. And when they first fitted on him, it took about 11 hours to get it on. Eleven. Yeah, he had to be eleven hours. Imagine you show up to work, (laughs) and then eleven hours later, yeah, you shoot something. Yeah, it was bad. They uh, they worked on it and they improved it, and eventually they got it down to more like uh, two hours. Holy cow! Like that's a huge improvement, but but it's still rough. You you think it wouldn't be that hard for a suit? Like I like makeup stuff. I get. I guess maybe, but yeah. 11 hours. I mean, you do have to make it look like half of his head. Yeah, I was like, the makeup's in a little bit. Yeah. But like... I wonder if the 11 hour one was like the very first test that they did on him where they were just making modifications. That's like the first fitting I think was, they were also taking into consideration. And then one of the, uh, another huge setback that happened was they got the suit on. Originally they wanted Robocop to move like a snake. They want him to have very fluid snake-like movements. <laughs> Podcast listeners, they... <laughs> I wish you could see the face Miles just made. <laughs> snake Robocop. They wanted Snake Cop. Um, and then when Peter Weller was in the suit, he's like, I can't do that. I can't move like I that can't, in this thing. I can't be a little and he's like, I, and, and, then, and then Peter Weller was like, you need to let me do this a different way. I need to move more like he does classic. now. Like yeah. classic kind of robot chunky, you know, moves his head first and then turns his body kind of thing. And they're like, no, we want the snake. <laughs> and then this was such a huge thing they shut down production for three days they all had to sit and like have this discussion to like figure out like how is robocop gonna move how did how wait but like that is wild that they were like robot snake they wanted they wanted him to be like sleek and smooth what's and a snake what's a snake movement like i what know is, what <laughs> is having a person act like a like other than snake, moving like, your shoulders like a little like, snakey <laughs> How do you make someone's legs slither? Right, like, like you can't, you can't do it. It was so absurd. Um, I'm not in a full suit. I can't do that. <laughs> and then, and then, so they shut down, and then they talked for three days, and then they were like, you know what? Peter had the right idea all along. <laughs> oh, and so then they went back and they did what he wanted to do. Um, so that was one of the the first kind of like blowups that they had. There was. The gloves are made. This is another little kind of trivia thing. The gloves were made of like uh, rubber, and so there's a scene where he catches car keys. Um, and oh, he could, yeah. not, he could not catch them because they bounce off his hands. And they did well <laughs> over 50 takes, and it took him a whole day to get that shot of him oh catching the car keys. That's such a quick shot, too. Yeah, it's, it's so like, quick, but it was so. Is that when he like walks by and grabs it? Really I think quickly? so. Yeah, okay. it's like yeah. we need to give this cop like a car, and then he tosses the keys, and he just goes thanks, and then walks off. Yeah, because yeah. I remember watching that being yeah, like, oh, that was like, like slick. Yeah, that was pretty was slick. Like, oh, 50 <laughs> takes. 50 takes. A whole day. They had to shut down for a whole day to get that take. Um, You're not grabbing those keys like a little snake man. <laughs> <laughs> you got a little snakey boy. You got to grab the keys like you a gotta, little snake. You got to you 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 go, thanks, you. <laughs> like snake, is, you know, like when you think about like like Planet of the Apes and stuff, like Andy Circus, like having to be like a ape or a gorilla it's yeah, like i get that i get that like we're kind of close to that the yeah. thing like you gotta be like a snake it's like what is it what is it what, what does, does it mean snake? how do you mean but how, what 
because when, when you first said that, I'll, I pictured like. <laughs> Like a weird centaur, but half snake, yeah, just like slithering around. Yeah, so he's like lower half, and he's slithering like. And then another fun thing about the suit is it was very, very reflective, and it would oftentimes light other actors in a scene. <laughs> <laughs> so they had to um, change lighting and like redo blocking and staging and things because huh. it would just be blowing out someone's face. It was <laughs> so bright. That's funny. Well, it's also um, like they gotta they gotta be careful with their camera placement too. Yeah, they had to be very careful with the camera, but they really liked the shiny because in almost any lighting he was like nearly backlit and he was reflecting so much light all the time and they wanted this sort of knight in shining armor look. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so ultimately they're like they put so much like like every day they'd put on like wax and oil and stuff and like reshine them and it was just it was wild. Just a PA with a with one of those like car buffers, just at all times on him. Well, and you were saying that he he also like Peter Weller like also could not like see. Peter Weller, yeah, I'm gonna go into the helmet a little bit here. He okay. could not see. He could. Really? He was restricted to peripheral vision and what you could see directly. He could not look up. He could not look down all that much. On huh. top of being in a sixty pound suit, because it is just like this tiny. It is a hot and sweaty. Yeah. Um, and he said, "There's a scene where he's in a club and he's walking down some stairs." He said that was the scariest moment of his entire life. <laughs> Because he could not see where he was stepping, and I think after a couple takes, they took off his lower half. Okay. They were like, "Yeah, we need to keep this like safe for you," yeah. and that's like too much. I he would. also he could not hear. The helmet restricted oh. his ability to hear anything, so oftentimes he couldn't hear what the director was saying to him, and so he had to like scream and shout. Just a uh, blind deaf man. For same him to be same with like the stuntmen. The stuntmen had to go through everything Peter went through, and that was another part of like when they were figuring out the movements is they had to coordinate this all with the stuntmen as well to make sure everything was you know. Uh, coherent. Um, now we'll talk about the, the helmet removing scene. Mm-hmm. Um, so the makeup that he's wearing on his face is actually too big to fit under the helmet. So when they cut it, they do it I from... I actually thought that because you can kind of see his face is like... Yeah, bigger. they cut it like from huh. behind so you don't actually see it come off from the front. Okay. And so they, had to, so they had to cut it. And he also had this like chin piece on. Yeah. Which it couldn't um, come off in one go. So when he takes his helmet off, it's just sort of magically gone. Huh. Um, because I couldn't actually do that in one shot. But with that specific scene, when he took off his helmet in the makeup, um, Rob Bottin wanted them to obscure it in darkness and stuff to help support the effects because he thought it wasn't that good. And Paul Verhoeven was like, no, we want as much light on this as possible. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, please, like, no. And they got into a huge fight over this. And apparently Rob Bottin would not even talk to Paul Verhoeven. Ooh, really? They would, they would refer to Botine's team, and then someone would just relay information. But Damn. they they had oh, a that's, huge. Oh, that's that's like children. That's yeah, actually like they, childish. They were just yeah. Well, well, you over, well, you tell Botine that did yeah, did yeah. Uh-huh. So they they had a big huge problem. But apparently, when they saw the premiere, and then they saw that scene with the effects, they were so impressed. They were like, okay, and they they kind of had amends. So yeah. Over afterwards. and this is over lighting a helmet. Over lighting, yeah, it was lighting his face in the makeup when he takes his helmet off and you see his full full face because Rob Boutine's like, I don't think this is good. People are gonna pick it apart. You want to like support it with the lighting and stuff. Yeah. You want to be able to obscure it, um, which is sad because all of us when we watched it were like, wow, that's phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. And ultimately, they did go with the option of just oh, get so as much light on it as they could. So they had the first idea, and then they. Yeah. Wanted That's to do it. a second thing. Yeah. And then ended up going back to the first thing? Yeah. Jeez. Huh. What does that sound? Sounds a little familiar. Yeah. Sensing yeah. a theme here. But, you know, kind of a sad falling out for those two. Well, what's yeah. interesting is that, like, ultimately, I think it comes down to the fact that the director, like, believed in his work. 
Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. believed in Botine's that, work. Yeah. And was like, no, dude, it's really good. And Botine was like, no. It worked out uh, well. It, it worked it, out It well. looked so good. It looked very good. Botine, be proud of I what you've Botine done. I think Botine is phenomenal. Botine. He did an amazing job. Can we talk about the effects of, is it just one of the, um, the gang members who gets, like, dipped in acid or whatever? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's, he's, he's a monster man. He's a yeah. monster man. He's his hands, like, all Yeah, like, precariously Ooh. placed his, acid. His, like, face is, like, melting. Yeah, that was great. I was not expecting that at all. No. It's Same. fantastic. I love it so I love just how over the top everything is. Mm-hmm. Um, which again comes back to the violence. They had censorship issues. Um, they had a lot more. Vi- he wanted Paul Verhoeven wanted a lot more violence in it. Um, more so than there is. The kid baby crying outside. Violence is happening outside. Of the <laughs> so yeah, like they, and it was weird. They had to do a bunch of like weird little cuts, like um, specifically was yeah. a shot where Murphy gets shot in the head. I kind of showed this. I, sh- I sent a clip into our little chat. Okay, where yeah. they had they had this puppet, and they wanted when he gets shot in the head to be like front on with the puppet, like you see you see it all. Uh-huh. But they for some reason you know the censorship boards were like you got to shoot like from behind, you got to see huh. like his head getting shot from behind. So they had to make a bunch of weird little cuts like that, where it just sort of made it le- like a little less visceral. Sort um, of I'm looking at something right now that's t- talking about like the rating and stuff like that. Um, and it's violent content. This is just on, like, it's Wikipedia, if anybody mm. is interested. Wikipedia. Yeah, thanks, Wiki. Um, Cyclopedia. The violent content made it difficult to receive a desired theatrical R rating. Um, it was initially received... Uh, it initially received an X rating. Um, and the MPA also objected to a scene of a mutilated Emile being disintegrated by um, mm. Boddicker's car. So is that the when he was that there? is what yeah that's what happened. Oh yeah, because yeah, when I was watching it, I was like, oh, did they you not see that? They hit him with the car and he turns into liquid. I yeah. So you you see on YouTube you like you see him go oh shit I'm about to hit someone and then it kind of just goes like bottom mm. <laughs> and then mm. it's no it's not talking about it ever again. It was swampiness. But anyway, so they objected to that scene, um, and. But Orion refused to remove it because it consistently received the biggest laughs during the screen. <laughs> yeah. so, it's so He absurd. remarked that his young children laughed at the X-rated cut, and audiences laughed less at the R-rated version. Yeah. Um, and Verhoeven even said, people, quote, love seeing violence and horrible things. Mm-hmm. Now, we'll talk a little bit about uh, more special effects, mm-hmm. meeting with Ed Tuomar. I'll talk yes. a little bit about oh. his conception. Um, he's based off Japanese toys. They wanted him to look that like makes, Japanese. That boys. makes a lot of sense. Um, I said he kind of looked like an ATST or at, at mm-hmm. Star Wars. And, yeah. ATST. ATST. Yeah. Is that what I was it's, saying? It's the two-legged. Is it ATST? Oh, ATST is the four. The dog one. But they actually got the Star Wars guy over here. New got a little bit of an opinion on the matter, and he said he imagined them with a shark mouth. Sort of a shark-shaped like head, not a lion-shaped head. After mm-hmm. all of the sound effects yeah, that were the, used, the roaring, the yeah. lion roaring, we should have been a snake. It <laughs> should have been snake versus the lion. But he wanted sort of like a, a shark-shaped head and two guns. That's what he okay. told them, and that's more or less what they came up with. He doesn't have any sort of. They removed any sort of like distinguishing face features. Um, at first, I kind of wanted to be more person-like, but then they wanted to remove that mm-hmm. and make him more sort of like animal, like, yeah. like weird. It like um, roars, right? Yeah. yeah. And Verhoeven, yeah, it like it's... and screams when it falls down. Yeah, it was, it was weird. At first, I was like, Wait, why, why are they making this thing roar? Like well, it was lion? weird because I felt like it didn't fit it at all. It didn't. But... It didn't. Yeah. No. Um, 
And Verhoeven wanted um, it to look kind of blind because it made it look stupid and silly. I also, like, can't go down stairs. You yeah. cannot go down stairs. This is kind of like a, a, a bit about, like, the privatization of the police force. Yeah. But, like, you make this, like, massive murder machine for... It's because they, like, they wanted to use it for the military. Yeah. yeah. But they're like, oh, we gotta try it out as a cop first. As a, <laughs> we gotta start... This giant murder machine? The thing that killed a guy in the office? Definitely, he's gotta keep the peace before he goes off and does his main objective and in the military. it's faulty because it didn't hear the gun hit yeah. the Yeah. Carpet is its weakness, as is stairs. Mm-hmm. Carpet and stairs. They had a giant, like, uh, life-size version that they would have on set and stuff for certain scenes when it's not, like, stop motion. Um, but that could not move at all. It just sort of sat there until mm. some of the actors had problems, like, interacting with yeah. it. And so Paul Verhoeven himself would stand there and stomp and roar and scream and yeah. yell and he, he would do stuff. A video of that. And there was a quote where they were like, people may not have been scared of the model, but they were scared of him. <laughs> <laughs> I so I that. thought that was fun. I have to do, we'll have to do an episode on Night at the Museum because they did the same thing for oh, the T-Rex. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. There's got to be good stuff on that. That's a fun movie, though. It is. It is a fun movie. Very different than Robocop. Very, Very different. different. <laughs> not Very a different single robot. Yeah. There's a wax man no robot. No robot. True. No robot. There's cavemen. There's wax. And there's monkeys. So it's got my vote. <laughs> okay, Miles, this is where you can start helping. Yes. I'm going to talk about So they used, according to the documentary, how they phrase it was they used something called rear screen photography mm-hmm. for the stop motion. And how they explained this was you have a photographic image of the scene that is going to be behind the, the miniature that they've created. Um... And they project it onto a translucent screen. Uh, they build a stage in front of that. Okay, so there's sort of like a stage. There's like there's a stage, and then behind it, there's the screen. There's the image of the scene behind it. And then they have the puppet in front of that on the stage. And then in front of that puppet is the camera then recording mm-hmm. the puppet in front of yeah. the photo behind it. And then they sort of go like a, a sort of stop motion. Like frame yeah. by frame. Yeah, so, frame, by frame. okay, yeah. So I can, I can actually talk. I, this yeah. is like the one thing that I know Expand. about RoboCop fairly well. Um, so they wanted to do weird projection. Um, however, film, not very good at staying on a single frame for very long, um, because it will melt, from what I know in film. Mm. Um, so they get this really nice film camera, and they shoot the, like, square that they want. Um, and then they project it onto, they, like, project the whole thing recorded onto a laser disc mm. so they have a laser disc that can oh. stop on the single frames Interesting. for our podcast listeners there there's, appears to be like a, a police chase there's going. a police chase going on there's a full <laughs> robocop scene happening wow dead or alive i'm bringing you in come me <laughs> <laughs> so they put it on a laser disc and use that for the frame by frame um, but one problem they were having is when they reshot it onto the film, there's two different colors. There's the screen color and then the color of what is being shot, right? So, like, the thing that's being projected is, like, yeah. a, a different tint. Yeah. yeah. So it looks wrong. So they have to redo the whole thing 
slightly change the tint of the film the first time they do it and then do the whole thing again like okay this tint looks good and it's all on film so they had to like do the whole film process of like doing it baking it they don't bake film but you know yeah. like doing the whole chemical process and then looking at it and it took a long time um as you can imagine something like that would because it's just like these micro changes to color mm-hmm. on yeah. film that you, they can't control any other way than like they do it and hope to God it works. Yeah, not to mention you know the stop motion process itself is. Oh my God, the chase still going on. I do think they, do I they think do this for Star Wars at all? Not no. for so when they were doing Star Wars, they used all blue screen. Okay. So they didn't do any rear projection. Okay, because I was like, you didn't mention it, so I figured they didn't, but yeah, just. Um, but like seeing again, seeing like Ed Two and I like move kind of remind me of like yeah. Star Wars. So I didn't know if they did. Something. And so you, there's like, I noticed two things with the stop motion. There's one shot where like you can clearly tell they comped the Ed Two O Nine in because like his like Ed Two O Nine's film grain is way different mm-hmm. yeah. than the normal grain. I think I know exactly what yeah. you're talking about. Yep. Yeah, and you're like that's a little weird and. One thing that they don't do in the first couple shots that they do later on that like really helps sell that Ed 209 is in the same space is... Oh my... I think this is adding to the If people could just cop. stop committing crimes for if, a second. Can, hey, LA, can you stop can making you s- crime? <laughs> yeah. That sound is definitely an ambulance. Robo-ambulance? Robo-medic? <laughs> Dead or alive. <laughs> They're coming with me. So they did, I think, I'm not entirely sure, but this is the only way that they can do it at the time, is for the later bits where, like, Ed 209 falls down, there's motion blur on stop mm-hmm. motion. Yeah. Which yes. is, like, yeah. how the heck do you do that? Yeah. We have motion blur. Like, when you look yeah, at movies, yes, like... Yeah. Yeah. 24 frames per second. 24 frames per second. Right. But since it's all just, you know, stop motion is literally just pictures, you don't get that motion yeah. blur. So they did go motion... Which is basically, you set your model up, and then you take the camera and you put it on um, like a control rig like they used in Star Wars, and then just move the camera and take a shot from that. So that it has the motion of the camera moving gotcha. while still being stop motion. That's cool. Yeah. So then you move it a little bit, have the camera do the move again, move it a little bit, and you take those frames of it being in motion, and it makes it look a lot better. That's cool. Again, phenomenal work. I love special effects. I love in-camera effects. I think they're fantastic, and like the dedication and the work that goes into this is you beautiful. We should probably do an episode of Flight of, Flight of the Concord. Oh yeah, because that had a lot of oh, we could good spe- we need special full special effects episode someday. I love it. I love it. It's so good. And I, I even though it looks effects. like goofy, I really love this like the stop motion. I, I, I really I like love it. when you have that. I really mix. like it's, it. I think it's really fun. Yeah. I wanna. I would love to do that sometime with someone. And then another quick thing is at the end, um, he shoots at two hundred nine with a big gun, mm-hmm. and then it walks in off screen. And it's just its legs. Yeah. They speci- the, originally they just had it like blow up, and that was it. But they were like, we want something more comedic. 
and they're like, okay, we'll have its legs walk in, and we'll give it the sort of like drunken man like <laughs> like <laughs> like stumble, yeah. and then it even has this like puff of smoke thing that comes out mm-hmm. that they related to like a burp, and they want to like, <laughs> and then he like falls over and dies. I like that. So again, that that all comes down to like the animator, and they have to make those decisions and do that, and then it's like little toe twitches too, and it goes like, it's like <laughs> yeah, I, again, so much like little um, twitch. Personality and character. I am so glad that they wanted it to be funny because while watching it, I was like, this is funny. Yes. And they they had to fight tooth and nail for that from the writers to the director. Like, they wanted, you know, the director wanted to be serious, Michael Miner wanted to be serious, and then Newmeyer was like, I. This is like supposed to be like funny, and like I want this to be like over the top. And yeah. Like, and, yeah. And the remake, they made a RoboCop remake, which is serious and um, very different, though. I will say it's not necessarily like bad. But any different. any being shot in the balls in the second one? No, no being shot in the balls. <laughs> that surprised me when that yeah. happened. I was like, it's good. Yeah, I I thought that was very good. I enjoyed that part a lot. <laughs> yeah, it was a very good scene. But to wrap up special effects. They had matte paintings, like in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, a guy named Rocco Joffrey, who Rocco. did matte paintings in Star Wars. Classic. Oh. Um, so, like, the OCP building, the big, like, corporate building, mm-hmm. is, okay. like, a matte. And I think the elevator, when they showed scenes of, like, the elevator, it's, like, a glass elevator. And glass I didn't down. I didn't know they had matte paintings. That, that must have been really good, then. Yeah, it was, so I was just, I, like, I was, I I was just like, this is a movie. I was watching, and I was, like, seeing stuff with him painting. I was like, oh, wow, I didn't, I mean, I guess it makes sense. They didn't have a giant building, but, like, wow. And then they also did have... But like the Robo Vision, when they had like the scan right, lines yeah. and like stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, that's visual effects. Yeah, they had a guy who did that, and his name was Peter Caron. Doing some name drops here for these people. He did the Robo Vision shots, and he also worked on Star Wars. Oh, actually, now you mention it, I, like the whole grid thing was very Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. you know, it was. There is that one scene though where like he busts into the I think like the cocaine building, mm-hmm. and he's like targeting all the separate people yeah the only thought i had during that was like that's hella slow all right same i was like there's so many people here he's <laughs> so going many really people. slow it's gonna take you a long yeah. time to like target all these people the gunfight is gonna go <laughs> yeah but um and thank god no one shoots him in the lower mouth <laughs> right <laughs> that beautiful that beautiful kissable mouth. That, that beautiful Plum. Mouth probably tastes just like baby food from all that. Baby food, all the <laughs> baby <laughs> food that he's eating. Like old baby, little baby. It was it was so funny when that one guy's like baby cup. When it's like oh this he starts like eating, he's just like, he's just like the, enjoying the baby poop, baby food. Yeah, gross. That guy. <laughs> and then the one guy in the office is always smiling. Yeah. <laughs> it's, oh my god. He's just like always oh, even at the end. Yeah. People are getting shot. He's I like, know. It's like the very first like board meeting scene. We point out we're like oh this guy in the background is just like grinning yeah, as his presentation's well going on. Like what the hell? And then he says something immediately after that first guy dies yeah. and he just like is very chipper and then at the end after dick dies he just like is smiling again i'm like man this guy's just like happy to be there dude he's giving like the thumbs up he's like yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it was great just, like, <laughs> i forgot the thumbs up the whole time um he's getting i mean he's getting paid to be there so he's, he's like i got paid to watch a whole show yeah. he watches two men just yeah. in the same murdered. room I <laughs> you know what they can't handle the the, the, the <laughs> Concrete jungle. <laughs> the concrete jungle, I guess. They just can't handle the biz. Exaggerated biz. Also, I this when they go into the like special bathroom, I was like, oh, I've decided I want the stock market. 
right there whenever I pee. I just need a, like an old fashioned. The stock market just <laughs> on display. Yeah. You're ready. You're watching it. Oh my god, make them trade. <laughs> they were on the news a lot frequently. Um, in Dallas, Texas, we're blowing so many things up. Like that one scene where they're shooting a bunch of guns and they're just shooting at cars and oh, indiscriminately yeah. blowing mm-hmm. things up. They got calls and stuff. In the the gas station scene, um, they had the fire department get called because they set another building on fire and the fire department told them to shut down production. Wait, what? Yeah, they like set a neighboring like building on fire. Holy shit! Um, Damn. And the fire department's like, we're going to shut you down. And they're like, oh, okay, we'll stop. <laughs> oh, we'll, stop we'll stop. We'll stop setting other buildings on fire. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Mr. Police Officer. <laughs> yeah, we promise we won't set any other buildings on fire. Wait, oh, before we get into this, should we do an admin? Oh, you want to do the admin? <clears throat> I can't do it. I <laughs> I don't know how to start the ad. I don't, I don't remember how to go. Um, Today's podcast is brought to you by Nukem. Wait, hold um, on, you should say... So this is actually, this is insanely exciting. We actually got our first sponsor. We haven't, we haven't released We've, a single episode yet. We got our first sponsor. Got, I'm excited to talk about our first product that I have enjoyed a lot. Um, Nukem the board game. Oh, it's, man. It's so much fun. I grew up with Nukem. I, oh yeah, I mean, me and my family played Nukem all the time. The amount of times I just nuked myself that was <laughs> fantastic oh my god i mean if you Honest don't memories. yeah um nukem a wonderful board game about just absolutely annihilating your opponent mm-hmm. gotta you, you, commit it, it's all about mutually assured destruction yeah. you know you, just you, you, you have to you have to get them before they get you, you have to classic i growing up under the shadow of the cold war um i found it just really helpful for me to have this escape and sort uh-huh. of, you know live out and now you're always scared of going to the dentist, and then you go, and you're like, oh, that wasn't that bad. You know? For me, it's like, oh, nuclear warfare isn't that bad. You get a little taste of it. You get a little like, taste okay. of... I, I understand. I could... You your know. best friend betraying betraying you, and mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. annihilating your existence atom by atom. Yeah. And it's... so we're very thrilled because the people over at Nukem are willing to give you guys 20% off. 20%, 20% off. 20% off you when you use. use the code that takes a took. When you go to checkout, mm-hmm. punch that in for the coupon, you get 20% off uh, your first purchase of the board game. And if you get it now, they will also toss in a little bit of uranium. Ooh, you can play with it. You can play, you can play with it. I used to play with it all the time, and now my, my fingers are just little bones. <laughs> yeah, you know, I used to play with the uranium all the time, and my, my uncle just loved to chew on it. And he loves his jaw now. And it's kind of the opposite of RoboCop, where he has no lower jaw. Oh, he's got everything, all human except for... But I think it's worth it when you just, you get to feel the warm glow of uranium in your fingers, your little nubby bone fingers. Oh, I always put it right next to my bed. Your fingernails fall off, so what? You don't need them. I like to keep it smooth right next to my skull. Smooth as groove. Smooth as groove. So smooth your groove. With With Nukem. With Nukem. Tagline. Get them, get them before they get you. So go to www.nukem.com. Slash the takes it took to get this deal before it gets you. <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome um, back. I just pulled up. I went on a break. I went to McDonald's. I was in my sucks three thousand car. Oh, you only have a three thousand? I only. Hey man. Huh. This guy. Chump. 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 Huh. Blasted really? with my. I my went to Chipotle. I went to Chipotle in my 
uh, sucks six thousand. Okay, man. Well, is it six? Two, is I, it six thousand or six hundred? That they how'd have? you get that car? How'd you get that car? I how'd you get it? Stole it. It was Dude, in the impound lot. I know. I know. I know. What, I know. What Tyrannosaurus Rex looking thing that's gonna come and blast you to pieces? <laughs> yeah. I only have a two thousand four Subaru Outback. Oh. Where are you from? Jesus, Robocop is Jesus. Wait, Robocop's Jesus? Robocop is Jesus. Because he dies and comes back. He dies and resurrects, and he comes back, and then he takes out the baddies. And there's even a bit at the end with the, with the metal yard where he's walking on water. And you know he's when he's like on the, the cross? Yeah. And, and I remember... There's a bit where he's crucified. Yeah, I, no. I remember reading the Bible and... Jesus stabs a man in the throat. I remember. And he says, "Dead or alive." <laughs> I remember when in. Jesus had a um, three-round burst, high-capacity um, Beretta handgun. Yeah, that just absolute stopping I want to say, maybe we don't put this in because <laughs> my family will be listening. Okay, well, I want to talk about Jesus. Robocop is sort of an allegory for Jesus, and Paul Verhoeven really liked the Bible, and he wanted this concept of a extreme. American Jesus, as he referred to it, a Jesus that um, doesn't play by has rules. guns, <laughs> and he takes out the baddies. He even in the documentary, he even sourced this line from the Bible where Jesus says something about like, pick up your swords, and he was like, see, even Jesus was what pro weapon at some <laughs> point, and he's like, you know, it can only go so far before you you gotta start throwing punches, and so again, the imagery of he he dies, he resurrects. Um, he walks on water, and then even at the end, um, Boddicker stabs him, such as the spear on the cross. Mm-hmm. Um, Although, does how many people does RoboCop actually arrest? He the <laughs> first <laughs> the first guy that he in quotes arrests, he clotheslines into That's a right. freezer, and then just goes, "Okay, bye." And then yeah, and then he punches one guy out of a second story building. Yeah. And then he shoots someone's dick off. And then the one guy he does arrest and bring in, he gets back out. Yeah. And then everyone else, he either just beats the crap out of or (laughs) murders. Which which brings me to another great point. Um, When they're making this movie, and as I got closer to finishing it and premiering it, um, the writer suddenly was like, oh, police department might not like this movie. Because, (laughs) because, like, he's just going around, like, killing people, and it's sort of making light of this, like, life and death, like, world that they live in. They premiered it to a bunch of police officers, and they loved it. They thought it was (laughs) phenomenal. They loved seeing them beat up and shoot the bad guys. They were like, hell yeah, this is what we want. And they're like, all right, we're good. They're like, okay, we're good. And that was the last. And they said, so does this give us permission to go out and (laughs) shoot people? They already beat that, Miles. Aww. We can, we can cut that out. <laughs> that maybe got a little too oh. real. Our political Ew. views might have gotten into We're the movie podcast. We don't get sponsors like that. Newcomb, please don't. Newcomb, Newcomb don't, don't, don't get out of our You're pro-cop, Newcomb. <laughs> At the core, this movie is about identity. It's about him finding himself after he'd been lost. You know, um, Poor old Robocop was a man with a family, a child, and then he was killed. And everything was taken from him. Even even his body was essentially purchased by the corporation. Well, yeah, because there's that else. there's that bit where he's like, "Oh, we saved his left arm." Yeah, and they're like, "He's classified as dead. Yeah. He's our property. Ditch the arm." Yeah. So it, it's it's very sad, you know. He lost everything. Not only did he lose everything, but he loses his own body mm-hmm. and his own mind 
that's pretty metal. <laughs> I was gonna say mid, um, <laughs> but yeah, that's it's it's pretty sad. And then he has to come to terms with his new life as a man or a machine, and how does he he consolidate this? And this is reflected in the score a bit in the music. They have um, sort of these chunky machine sounds that play normally when he's in combat and doing robot stuff. And then when he's having moments of humanity, it's more orchestral. And so specifically, like when he's going through his home and he's having these memories, it's like a very strong mm-hmm. sort of sweeping orchestra. But when he's like, you know, out doing cop things, it's kind of like, dong, 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 dong. and then his main theme is sort of a mix of the both of them. Yeah. So it's sort of like, you know, in the end, he's, he's different. You know, he's not, he's not necessarily man or machine. He's, he's something else. He's something different. And he's on the term with that. And he's Murphy. And that brings me to the very last point where I was talking with Mariah about this. Um, Paul Verhoeven was reflecting on showing this movie to audiences. And he thought American audiences were very fun because they interact and participate with movies a lot more. Like, okay. they'll, they'll scream, they'll shout, they'll say things. Mm-hmm. At the very end of the movie, when he shoots the bad guy, and then the old man says, Nice shooting, kid. What's your name? And then everyone, before he can respond, would always shout, Murphy! Murphy. And Ryan did that same thing. I did the exact same thing. And I thought that was kind of beautiful, because it's like the audience, not only does he find himself, but the audience finds him. Mm -hmm. And they are able to identify him in the world. Hot take. Um, If anybody talks in the movie theater while I'm watching a movie, (laughs) I will say I get... Very bad. That would upset me, though. I would. I, I don't like that. If, don't do that. If I was watching RoboCop and the audience yelled Murphy, I'd be. Yeah. I'd be so mad. I got the fucking audience ruining my watching experience. What about clapping? I don't like clapping either. I unless I don't know if I've ever seen clapping. Unless it's like the debut red carpet and the actors and yeah. people who made the movie are in the theater. Who are you clapping for? The guy. Running the film in the back? He deserves a little bit of clap, but, like, not a whole stand-up ovation. I think I've... I mean, I think there are moments, you know, like... I distinctly remember watching Avengers. And, you know, like, when certain things would happen, audience would be like, woo, and, like, clap a little bit. And that didn't bother me that much. It's not, like, my favorite thing. I almost said something very rude about Marvel people. (laughs) I I decided that's not exactly... I hate... Marvel people suck. Nerds. Losers. I only watch Zack Schneider's... I only four watch. hour long Justice League. Four hour long Opus Wiener Magnum. Swinging. Or is it Magnum Opus? Magnum Opus. Magnum Opus. Magnum Dong. Magnum. On screen. Swinging. Just Henry flopping Cavill, around. Ben Affleck. Hot and sweaty. Kissing a little bit. Kissing a little in your boys and they kiss a little and it's okay because they're strong and they're men. <laughs> Justice League. Rogan just appeared. <laughs> <laughs> Robocop. Yes. Another fun thing to talk about. Uh, we're essentially done here. I'm going to go over some trivia, but we're, we're done. We're done here, folks. Um, fun thing Robocop is seen as sort of um, predictive. Uh, Ooh, a sort of hold pre- on, let's hold. Now there's a fire. The gas station blew up and lit up. another building Peter on Weller, fire next to Peter it. Weller, Peter Weller is dead. George Lucas. Critical condition. George Lucas was <laughs> happened to be around. He caught a piece of shrapnel in his little turkey neck. I'm sorry, that's so mean. We're cutting that. Out. I know. That's oh mean. my god. Um, his okay. last words to the driver: Faster, <laughs> faster. <laughs> Robocop predicted the bankruptcy of 
Detroit. <laughs> yeah. That's all. Yeah. And also, people see it as sort of predictive of our police force nowadays. I, it's very I see militaristic. That. Yeah. Um, Definitely, I'm like watching parts of it, and I'm like, this is kind of somber yeah. and a little hidden, kind of close yeah. to what's going on. But kind of messed up. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and so what's interesting is I haven't I meant to rewatch it for this, but I didn't. But there's the remake, and the remake. Um, focuses less on this like capitalistic like thing mm-hmm. um there's a lot of differences like robocop he doesn't have this like this fight for like identity and like remembering who he was oh, he yeah. just when they bring him back like he knows who he is oh and he he actually like reconnects with his wife and children like throughout the movie um and it, it's it's more on like military like it opens with like a scene in like the middle east hmm. and so it's much more focused on like I, and it, whereas the original RoboCop was like corporations and like yeah. the police, it's more it's focusing more on like our involvement in like the Middle East. And I thought huh. it was really interesting how of their time they focused on different pieces yeah. of yeah. What year did that come out? Politics. Twenty know, maybe like twenty fourteen. Yeah, I never saw the RoboCop. Seventeen or something. It had its moments. There's one part that was really cool where like he's there, he's like in the lab and he's like telling the doctor, he's like, show me how much of me is actually left. Oh. And he's like, I'm not gonna do that. You don't. Want, you're not gonna like what you see. Right. And he's like, show me. And then they start taking things away, like very slowly. Like, okay, here goes your arm. Here goes your leg. Here goes this. And it just keeps going and going until at the end, you see it's essentially just like his head and his lungs, and he's just being held up by like a stand, and he's looking in a mirror, and he's like crying. And I'm like, Damn. wow, this that's is like actually really I was like, really cool. Very strong, really good moment. Moment. So I'm like, I don't think it's a bad movie. It's. It's sort of almost like in my head what RoboCop could have been because it's played very serious. It's not humorous, mm-hmm. and it has like a very um, direct message that it's portraying. It's interesting that they went for like different themes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think in my mind that's actually kind of a good remake yeah. where it's not just trying to be what the other one was. It's yeah. like yeah, it's no West Side Story. It, yeah, it's no West Side Story. <laughs> Steven Spielberg, <laughs> try again. <laughs> I have just like a couple of two points. Um, one, Peter Weller was a method actor. He cut his limbs off. Yeah, yeah. No, he'd stay in character in between takes and stuff, and he insisted people call Murphy a RoboCop. <laughs> um, and a lot of people didn't like this. Um, yeah. Paul Verhoeven um, told him he was being stupid, <laughs> <laughs> and he, he couldn't take him serious enough to like direct him because he thought it was so silly. Um, so he had to stop doing that. I always um, like. I could understand calling him Murphy because yeah. I think on set sometimes I'm like. Your character's name is this, so I'm just gonna call you that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, like I like the idea of actors staying in character, but at the same time, like that must be really annoying to deal with. Yeah, like I'm just trying to like tell this actor to do a thing, and then he's gonna like punch me in the dick because that's what his character does. He's dick puncher. Yeah. <laughs> He's a dick puncher. puncher. (laughs) Also, I forgot to mention, the little spike hand, whenever Mm -hmm. his spike comes out of his hand, that's a completely different set and not actually his hand. Like, a different... It's not part of the suit. And so you can tell, like, there's a scene where he sticks it out and then he puts it, like, in the computer. Mm -hmm. And if you watch, like, his wrist doesn't move right, like, as someone's wrist would. Like, it looks like someone's, like, puppeting a hand and it's, like, not his hand. I thought it looked silly. I mean, that makes sense because it's a giant spike. It's a giant spike. Same with the holster. Whenever there's shots of him putting it in his leg, oh, that's yeah. not the full suit. Yeah, um, yeah I, would, like, I would assume It's just not. like legs almost. Yeah. You know what was really cool, though, is when he's taking the screws out of his visor. Yeah. Those were 
big yeah. screws. I was like, those go into his brain, no doubt. They go into his brain. Um, brain screws. His first directive served the public trust was inspired by his fortune cookie. <laughs> Wait, what? Um, he had, his first directive was serve the public trust. Apparently okay. that came from a fortune cookie. Huh. Um, and then last but not least, apparently on the, the steel mill scenes at the end, um, the set was very boring. And so uh, Kerwood Smith and one of the other like gang members, I think his name was Ray Wise, they would steal golf carts and race around. Ooh, <laughs> that's um, fun. And they got yelled at a couple times, but they, they kept doing that. What are you going to fire the actors anyway. like? What are you gonna do? Fire the actors at the four fifths last scene? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now, what would you rate? Me? Yeah. You first. You know, I am at a struggle between three and a half and four. Three and a half and four. Out of um, out of a uh, hundred. Damn. No. Three and a half out of five? or four out of out of five. So that would oh. translate to eight or yeah, seven or eight. Seven or eight. And that would be, of course, nothing else but goofy swamp men. <laughs> oh yes. Out of you know, three point five or four. You know, I it's hard too because I think as I've read more about it and I've learned more about it, I appreciate it more, and so I want to yeah. give it a higher rating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly how I felt with Josh. And also, I watched it as a kid, so I'm like nostalgic mm-hmm. about it. So I'm trying really hard to like fight that. But I, I honestly do think four is kind of absurd, just because like I don't know, it's like so, it's so fun. And it does have like its own statements, and the effects are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Ah, I'll go four. I'll go four. Four. I'll go four. Set goofy gun. swamp man, crawling out of acid, <laughs> getting hit by cars. Getting hit by cars, turning into liquid. I think for my rating, I'm giving it out of ten. I don't know why you keep doing it out of five. For me, yeah, I'm just like it has to be out of ten for whatever reason. It's gotta be out of. I mean, I just multiply it. A five is so a, it's a eight tighter, out of ten. Eight out of ten. Five, I don't know. Out of five is like it's a nice tight thing but yeah. you can't get the minute details yeah. that a 10 can get i yeah. think i'm gonna give it seven okay cars bottoming out and sparking mm-hmm. oh they, yeah, they do they oh, definitely do that yeah that they was a running gag i always out and sparking. i always <laughs> thought like they should probably add maybe like a, just a little ramp yeah, at, the, at the bottom of this thing so their cars aren't sparking out yeah. yeah but then how would i have a rating system I don't you're right yeah. i'm sorry what are you gonna do, stars? Yeah, what the hell are stars? <laughs> I, what about you? I live in LA. I never see the stars. <laughs> I I'm gonna give it eight hand spikes that are also apparently data like USB sticks. Yeah, right? How does that work? And why is that compatible with other computers? <laughs> what? Who, who who designed the spike input? Where is yeah, that? I, so eight bloody USB spikes <laughs> out of ten <laughs> bloody USB spikes. Alright. I, I liked it a lot. It was funny. It was enjoyable. Um I think it probably would have been higher if I didn't watch the yeah. kind of poopy YouTube version YouTube where they like bad. took out a yeah. bunch of stuff. But it's so wild. Yeah, so it was a good movie. I liked it. Yeah, we did okay. it. Well, that 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 concludes RoboCop. Robo-Cop. I don't remember how we end these. I'm gonna Dick put my I'm gonna put earlier. my socks on. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Gotta put those grippers away. <laughs> well, that concludes today's episode on RoboCop. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Um, next episode, I will be back at it, leading the discussion, and I'll be talking about Ocean's Eleven. Ooh. So um, we're kind of getting away from the 70s and 80s. Right. Um, mm. movies, and, and we'll go ahead and jump to 2001. Um, 
<laughs> oh, you were gonna, you were gonna. Um, so thank you very much for listening to this episode on Robocop, Stefan. Oh, I don't. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck you. Uh, like looking at my shoulder thanks and for really listening. <laughs> thanks for listening to this episode of Robocop. Um, my next name's Mariah. <laughs> next time, watch Robocop. Next time, watch Robocop. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening, guys. Uh, that concludes this episode on Robocop. Um, next episode, uh, I'll be back at it, leading the discussion, and we'll be talking about uh, the movie Ocean's Eleven. So um, kind of going for a newer movie. Um, than the last three episodes. Uh, again, we still have still we still have social media. If you want to follow us or reach out to us, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at the takes it took. And if you want to shoot us an email with any movie suggestions, any corrections, any comments you got, let us know how we're doing. Um, and again, that's just going to be the takes it took at gmail.com. Um, thank you very much for listening. Uh, and we'll see you next time. Yeah, next time we finally watch a movie that wasn't shot on film. Presumably, it, was it shot on film? I don't. I, it's got to be digital. I guess there's you'll no have to. You can you'll shoot have, it there's in no and way you can out. shoot George Clooney in film. <laughs> the film immediately. Take you will. <laughs> oh, brother! <laughs> no, it catches on. <laughs> you don't know what you're talking they about. They shot the whole thing digital and then back onto film because yeah. It, they <laughs> film can't handle they George can't Clooney's handle face. George and and I guess immediately you too guys hot. will get to hear I all about George it. <laughs> <laughs> and we're just talking about lower lips this whole time. I just, I'm sorry. Give, give RoboCop a little smooch for us. Buy our merch. <laughs> <laughs> bye bye. Bye. bye.